I happen to know the facts. Now, friends, I'm just an average American. But I'm an American-American. And some of the things I see in this country of ours make my blood boil. I see people with foreign apple money. I see Negroes holding jobs that belong to me and you. Now, I ask you, if we allow this thing to go on, what's going to become of us real Americans? I've heard this kind of talk before, but I never expected to hear it in America. This fellow seems to know what he's talking about. What are we real Americans going to do about it? You'll find it right here in this little pamphlet. The truth about Negroes and foreigners. The truth about the Catholic Church. Do you believe in that kind of talk? I don't know. It makes pretty good sense to me. And I tell you, friends, we'll never be able to call this country our own until it's a country without. Without what? Yeah, without what? Without Negroes. Without alien foreigners. Without Catholics. Without Freemasons. You know What's wrong with the Masons? I'm a Mason. Hey, that fellow's talking about me. And that makes a difference, doesn't it? These are your enemies. These are the people who are trying to take over our country. Now you know them. You know what they stand for. And it's up to you and me to fight them. Fight them and destroy them before they destroy us. Thank you. Before he said Masons, you were ready to agree with him. Well, yes, but he was talking about... What about those other people? But in this country, we have no other people. We are American people. What about you? You aren't American, right? I was born in Hungary, but now I am an American citizen. And I have seen what this kind of talk can do. I saw it in Berlin. What were you doing there? I was a professor at the university. I heard the same words we have heard today. But I was a fool then. I thought Nazis were crazy people, stupid fanatics. But unfortunately, it was not so. The clip that you guys heard at the beginning, that was from a 19... Uh, 43 short movie called Don't Be a Sucker. Uh, it is a government short film uh, from the Department of War. And it, it's it's something that is surprising. I mean, you, you see something like that. You hear something like it. And it's still relevant today. You know, people were talking about in the 40s. We were talking about Nazis. And you heard the older gentleman talking to the young guy who didn't care what the speaker was saying against other groups until it came to uh, the Masons and the trade unionists. Then he had a problem with it. We all are in a position where we need to protect each other. Because as the saying goes... If one is under attack, everyone's under attack. If one group is persecuted, all groups are persecuted because it is, at that point, it is only a matter of time before the groups in power go up and find another scapegoat. Right now, it is migrant families. Right now, it is Hispanics. Right now, it is the LGBTQ community. Right now, it is minorities. Yeah. And also, right now, it is women. It's just a matter of time before it hits your community. That's basically it. 
especially in this administration. It's it, the thing we have to see here is that it is just a matter of time. Hey people, it's Brent uh, here with the Jive Yak. I have with me today our very own EP Becky. So when we were planning out this new episode, what we wanted to accomplish with uh, the 45 minutes to an hour was just discussing migrant families and how the separation process started however there's way too much going on right now you know I, I i had a whole monologue talking about how sadly separating families is nothing new it has literally been in this country since the founding it is more american than apple pie it is more american than campfire marshmallows and s'mores it is more american than your favorite gun however there's just been too much going on where it it, it can't just be the separation of migrant families. It, it's not just the fact that federal that a federal court has ordered our government to reunite these families. It's not just the fact that tent cities are being built on military bases. It's not just the fact that all of these atrocities are being done. And honestly, at this point, I feel like if the Democrats aren't doing anything to help reunite these families, if they are just going to leave it all on Trump, we are no better than Nazis at this point. I feel like it is everyone's responsibility. Just because Trump is the one who did it doesn't mean that it's on Trump to find a way to reunite these families. It's not just on him, because if, it is, if we leave it to him, he's not going to do it. Oh. He doesn't care about these families. If Democrats care, we have to find a way to help them. We have to help find a way to get them reunited. And I have a wonderful idea on how to do that. You do? I do. Um, my idea is to hire photographers. This way, you know, government-hired photographers are getting paid to do this. We photograph each and every child, and we make sure that we are cataloging their location. This way, we can put together a binder full of these children or multiple binders, have multiples of them set in each um, area that the parents are so that the parents 
can look through these binders, the ones that are still being held currently. This way, they can look through the binders, and if they see their child, all they have to do is look under the child's name, or sorry, under the photo, and right there is where they're being held. And what we do is we make sure that we are keeping updates on them. We can do this also by having a database online that requires login information. What this does is this allows the parents who have already been deported, it allows them to look for their children as long as they create their username and password that is provided to them by whatever, whatever company is facilitating this. So maybe hire, or con hire a contractor or a company that will put together a site that is safe and that parents can use as well. I mean, then the question is going to be, how do you determine what's safe? How do you determine uh, what's secure so that it's not so that a virus doesn't hit that website and that either information is destroyed? Whoever they need, you know, computer engineer type. I mean, if they have the money to pay out for these cities and the vast amount of money that they've already paid out and they plan to keep paying out for these people to be detained they have the money to bring them back together and i'm not talking about the people that are detained i'm talking about the government it is our responsibility to find a way to help these families that is true it, it should be it should be our responsibility to help out because you know what what people love to uh, say about the U.S. is that we are a nation united. It's it's in our name, the United States. We work together. It, it should be that we are our brother's keeper, that we are our sister's keeper. But for whatever reason, that dream has not yet happened in 2018. It hasn't happened, and I don't know if it will. We we strive for that, but we end up being a, a country that's full of people going. <coughs> and also mine, 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 mine God, that is so annoying. <laughs> but that is the majority of people, and that's because it's capitalism, and it is driven by our economy. That's what the U.S. is right now, which basically has its foundings with Alexander Hamilton. And that is the that is the most terrifying part, because like like I was saying at the beginning separate the separation of families this is not new this started in the slavery times when you had young children separated from their parents and and sent to different plantations to work you had slaves who were married and separated because one was sold off and that is the very core of what america was founded on it is why the Civil War took place, because the Southerners wanted to keep their slaves. It's not why the Northerners fought. They fought because they wanted to get 
the South back into the United States. It just so happened that in order to, you know, get that to happen, Lincoln also had to provide freedom to a people that should never have required that freedom. Yeah. And then to take it another step further. Yeah, go on. Because our system, the way it is now, they found a way around slavery, or at least legal slavery. So now, rather than, you know, selling people to the highest bidder, at this point, our prison systems are a form of slavery. And that was their workaround to having to get rid of, you know, the African slave trade. And as as crazy as it sounds, this is something that is still going on to this day. Our prison industrial system gives companies very cheap labor for very huge profit margins. But let's continue on, on the timeline real quick and then we could cover everything else going on. Well, all the other reasons why we couldn't just uh, stay on migrant families. Let, let's go let's go back to 1819 when Congress passed the Civilization Fund Act. Now this particular act uh, provided religious organizations the resources to run schools uh, for Native American children. I was just and about to, to talk to you about talk about that too because I know that <laughs> was coming. Mm-hmm. It, it was to introduce them uh, to the habits and the arts of civilizations. You know, the, what, what would happen was a religious institution would receive the funds and build a school and take the children, place them in what one would say is a boarding school, but... Again, that's not the case. You're, you're, it's more of a, if you, uh, it, 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 a deranged military uh, setting where these children lose their sense of identity. They lose their sense of culture. They lose who they are because apparently it's, it's not civilized enough in American in Americans' eyes. Which is upsetting, considering that Americans stole the territories from the Native Americans in the first place. What? I mean, if we trace it back, what we could do is just immigrate all the people that are here when they shouldn't be. Give the land back to the Native Americans. That would be great. Yeah. It, uh, we had like to go to Canada. <laughs> oh, Canada. So, so after, after this act passed, 60 years went along, and one person of note, uh, Captain Richard Henry Pratt, uh, founded the first Indian boarding school in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Uh, Native American children were taken from their parents and communities, and they were forced to attend. Uh, institutions that were aimed to, and I quote, kill the Indian and save the man. Can you do me a favor? Hmm. Show me what state or what city that was in because I don't know if you pronounced it right. Carlisle, Pennsylvania. How is it spelled? 
C A R L I S L E. You're saying it wrong. It's Carlisle. Carlisle, Pennsylvania. There you go. Whatever. So. <laughs> well, I mean, cities can get offended if you pronounce their names wrong. Thank you, E.P. Becky. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be on Best of Nonsense. Oh, it's going to be on the episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. So, when when it comes to these boarding schools, like I said, these children were taken away from their culture because it was declared that the children with long hair were impeding the advancements they were making in civilization. Now, now if you're wondering where I'm getting this from, this is... Uh, an article on CNN.com called Actually, the U.S. has a long history of separating families. Uh, we'll make sure to link it in um, the post. Yes. So don't don't worry. I'm, I'm not pulling any of this from my brain. I'm pulling this from actual sources. We do our research, y'all. Well, Brent does research. I do my research. I, I don't just... know about you. All right. Well, to cut the long story <laughs> short, basically, the U.S. has a very long history of separating families. It is part of our very culture for white Americans. And I hate to say it, but that is true. We have the history. We... We have the mindset that the world revolves around ourselves we are very self-centered we are very we are very horrible people however there are those of us who do see that what's going on is wrong there are those of us who want to help like i said i have a whole idea on what we could do to help i just have to talk to legislators about it um, and if anyone has some input, like, definitely let me know. I know it's not likely that the government's going to want to spend money on this, but we have to make them see that it's for the better to actually spend money on getting them, the families reunited rather than spending money on their lodgings. Because at this point, these children have been traumatized. They oh. are emotionally devastated and I completely understand that. I have siblings that have been separated from me, that I've been separated from, and that had a profound effect on my my emotional state growing up. So if I understand that, are you trying? Are you trying to tell me to wrap it up? No, I'm telling you to keep going. Oh, <laughs> so I definitely get it from that end, but also these are. These are children being taken away from their nurturers, the people who have taken care of them their entire lives, and placed with people who don't care. I can I could give you an example of this. So uh, this is an article from Vox. Um, a migrant child was returned to his mother, covered in lice. Oh yeah. Okay, so so in this article, um, they did. They go into detail about what what happened for this particular family. Um, 
it, it states one of the children separated from his parents at the U.S.-Mexico border was returned months later with lice, looking as if he hasn't uh, bathed in weeks and with changes to his personality, his mother said. Now, this is a lawsuit against the Trump administration, and the reason the reason for this is because this child literally freaks out whenever his mother goes away. Now, now this isn't a, a, a child that's three or five or older than that. No, you're, you're talking about a kid that isn't even two. Oh, my God. Okay, uh, she she said she says here, uh, quote, my son is not the same since we were reunited. I thought that because he is so young, he would not be traumatized by the experience, but he does not separate se- separate from me. He cries when he does not see me. That behavior is not normal. It isn't. And that's the terrifying thing is that these children are being scarred for life. You're seeing all these kids with issues, and and we're talking about uh, the three the three thousand children that HHS department is saying uh, they have separated from their families. You're talking you're talking about a little under three thousand kids. One hundred of them are under what what is it five years old? Um, okay, and, and who's caring and, for these children? What about the infants that were taken? Who cares for them? If that's the condition that that what what was he less than two years old? Not none of these kids get health care. Okay, that that's I'm the not thing. I'm talking about health care. I'm talking about who's changing their diapers, who's feeding them, these infants, who's taking care of them. I don't know. Are they even being taken care of? Are they dying? And that's the thing that I'm scared of because then you've got. It's the Holocaust all over again. Because you can't keep these children in conditions like this and expect them to survive. I mean, it, it is it is heartbreaking. And the Becky and I have had some rough weeks recently because of because of this story and and because of how much news broke. It's not a story, though. That's the thing. You it's real it a life. Story. It, exactly. It is real life. The, we are already steps into the next Holocaust. That's the problem. It's not that it's becoming the next Holocaust. We're already there. We are already so close to it becoming genocide. It's not even funny. And, and that's a problem that, you know, people don't realize there is something wrong with this picture. We are better than that. We are not that horrible. What makes the U.S. better than that? What makes the U.S. better than that? Because I'm fairly certain the U.S. has never been better than that. To be honest, I, I, I don't know. I, I wish I could tell you, to be honest. Yeah, because I don't... We took a stand when it was Germany, but who's taking a stand now? Who's doing anything to stop it from happening now? There, there's people who are paying attention, but there's like people races. who won't. Um, the There is a foundation called Races that has been raising lots of money. There were two, there was a couple who had raised a ton of money, like in the millions. They set their goal at, originally at about, what was it, 10000 You had the story on that, not me. 
Uh, but anyway, well, the, the point no, no, is, no. Go, go look for it. I'm going to continue talking. I, no, I can do it's, that. It's okay because okay. it was covered in the news. Um, this couple has raised at this point millions of dollars, not thousands, but millions to help these families. And that money, if I'm not mistaken, has gone to races, and that's spelled R A I C E S. For those of you who are wondering. I can link it in the um, Facebook post, but um, they are all. They had at one point held training sessions for data entry, so it made me think that they had an idea that they were going to start working on to help reunite these families as well. I would like to touch base with them and just find out what they are looking to do, because I really want to get involved. I know myself that I need to get involved. Because I can't watch this happen. I can't watch a second Holocaust. I just can't. Well, you have people who will willfully ignore the point that these are human beings. I'm, I mean, to, to the point there there's people on my personal Facebook. And I'm going, really? R- r- really? I've muted all the people that support Trump just about. I think there's one person I haven't muted, and that's because they don't talk about Trump that often. And when they do, it's usually just in comments, not in, like, actual posts. Um, But other than that, like, I try to mute as many people who follow Trump as I find on my page. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm more than happy to talk to these people if they actually do something other than a meme. And the thing... When it, when it comes to a response. If they have a genuine, thorough thought out response but the thing is you can't argue with the people who voted for trump or support trump because they it's unfortunate but it's more the uneducated unintelligent people who voted for him or those who have white privilege those are the people who voted for him it there weren't that many people that supported him that were educated and multicultural or of a different culture you and i know one person ben carson (laughs) no 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 we know someone in our family yeah we know someone in our personal lives (laughs) we do like i said there weren't that many like the vast majority of educated people who um were of a different cultural background tended to vote for hillary I, i mean look and and I'm I'm just going to break it down like this and we'll we'll move on to the Supreme Court. I'm I'm going to end it with this. We need to learn from this. No, we Not, needed to learn from the first Holocaust. Yes, that is Obviously. true. Obviously. However, that time has passed. We need to learn from this right now. We should not be going backwards. And it's it's something that I've been putting on my Facebook page every weekday morning. I've found something to talk about. And I've ended it with vote. Yes. Vote. Okay, there we we for whatever reason, we assumed that Hillary was going to win and that none of this was going to happen. 
And to all those people who say Hillary would be just as bad or worse, I, I you know what? I'm, I'm just going to say you're wrong and move on. You need to vote. I, I, I understand. I, I get it if you're cynical and you just look at it and go, well, it always happens. It's just politics. My question is this. Did you vote in the last election? Are you going to vote in this election? Are you are, making sure that your family members are voting and your friends? Are you informing ex-felons in New York State that they have the ability to vote if they are off parole? And I'm not sure if that's changed. I think it may have recently changed that... Um, has it... Hang on. I mean, you need to vote. You need... Voting is the least we could do as Americans here. That is the absolute least. If you find some, if you find a representative that you like, the least you could do is vote. If you are so cynical about politics and you see that there is that there's something that you don't agree with it, put some skin in the game. Maybe run for office. Because honestly, at at this point, if you are cynical. And if you are not running or if you do not vote, you do not get to talk. Well, you have an opinion and that's well and good. But if you didn't do anything to try to change what's going on, then you really can't complain. You can talk, but you can't complain. Um, and it is that fel anyone convicted of a felony who is no longer on parole can re-register to vote. You have, but that's the qualification. You have to have been off, you have to be off parole. You, if you're incarcerated or on parole, you cannot vote. But what about if you're in a holding center, you haven't had your trial yet? Can you ask for an absentee ballot? Can you still vote? You haven't been convicted of anything. The, the thing here says nonprofit, it's from nonprofit vote. Um, Individuals convicted of a felony are ineligible to vote while incarcerated and on parole. Okay. Voting rights are automatically restored upon completion of parole and people on prob probation can vote. Ex-offenders should re-register to vote. You have no excuse. It, if, you're, if you're at a holding center, you haven't been convicted of anything. You're at a holding center. You ask for an absentee ballot. You vote. There, there, there's no, there's no point to just sit around, because there is way too much going on. Speaking you want, of voting, hmm. we have primaries coming up in uh, September for New York, right? Mayor, uh, not mayoral, governor, govern, blah, blah, blah. the governor's um, vote is coming up, and our Democratic contenders are Cuomo and Cynthia Nixon. Really? Yes. Um, I'm looking to get rid of Cuomo, personally. I'm not interested in having any more Cuomo. Because it seems like you have to twist his arm to get him to do anything that benefits us. Whereas Cynthia Nixon, her platform sounds like she wants change. I mean, whether or not she's able to do it is, you know, a different story. But I like the platform she's running. Mm-hmm. I think it's in September. 
Uh, if not, we we're we, going to have to correct it. But there are primaries throughout this entire summer and into the fall. So if you are curious at all, it, look it up. There there is way too much going on. There is way too, there there's far too much at stake. And and and, and far too much that we are already losing as a people to just ignore because this is not normal there there is nothing about this that is normal and if you are celebrating the non-normalcy of this why why honestly $20 every other week does not uh you know what I I broke I broke down like this because I I talked to my parents uh, yesterday. You were there. Voting um for the primaries is September thirteenth, twenty eighteen. Oh okay. You're welcome. E P Becky. <laughs> so I I was talking I was talking to my parents about this I uh, the other day, and when when I say talk, it's more like I rant at them. Legit. <laughs> that that's how the conversations go i i rant and and he only exists between two volumes guys he usually exists between super quiet like you can barely hear what he's saying or super loud and you can't get him to calm down and quiet down give me a reason to so anyway my uh what i was talking to my dad i was i was talking about the people who who feel that because they get a twenty dollar boost in their paycheck, uh, the government you know can do are. whatever they want. You know who you are. And I, I broke it down like this. Okay, so it's twenty dollars every other week. So if you break it down by week, since I'm sure that they need to fill up their gas tank every week, ten dollars isn't going to fill it up. Since we're talking about $10 a week, $10 isn't going to fill up a grocery cart. I mean, if you saved that $10 every week, you would have $520 by the end of the year. But that doesn't really help. Can you feed your family? On $10. Uh, on $10. The answer is no. I, I can't find a shirt. That's $10. Now, that's because I'm a big man, okay? And for some reason, there aren't any stores that are any, um, what are those stores that I go to? Consignment? There are no consignment stores for big and tall men. Get on that, people who have consignment stores. Seriously, like, take in some gently used clothes from big guys. Like, the big and the tall, because... Seriously, I'd like to be able to buy clothes for my husband that cost me about the same that I go to Clothes Mentor to go buy. Now, guys. now Clothes Mentor, if you want to sponsor us, you know, yak at us. All right, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, not sponsored, but not... Clothes Mentor, totally let me know. <laughs> I love your stores. So, uh, go, going so far in my example to, I can't even buy new drawers for $10, okay? Truth. All right, that that is out of the question. It, it does not work that way. You can buy bulk more, like, the amount that you can buy for $35 is a lot more than I can get for $35. Oh, yeah. Because if I want cute, 
drawers. I have to go to K-Seek and get their deals, which is usually five for 35. Again, K-Seek and Lane Bryant, not sponsored by them, but again, holla at us. Let us know. Yak at us, all right? I'm always buying your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My wife is a big fan. She loves your stuff. So, the the whole, the government can do whatever they want. I, I say all this to say that argument is bunk. It's foolish. It, it really, in my mind, makes me want to question your dignity. Because if you are willing to sell yourself for 20 bucks every two weeks, man. You are worse than a prostitute. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Okay, we we going to try that again. Because I no. Prostitutes make more. Yes. Okay, there we go. I I like that. Yes, prostitutes make more. Okay? A lot more. Oh, man, than than $20 every 2 weeks. All right, I'm 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 just saying, I'm I'm questioning your dignity if that is your argument because it is foolish. Okay. Stop it. It is foolish. Now, that that's all. I I say all that. Vote. All right, please vote. There is so much at stake this midterm election season. Control of Congress is at stake, okay? We need to make sure that there is actually going to be checks and balances because we have a Congress that will not check anything on the executive. Last time I checked, Congress is one of the staples that is supposed to have check and balance powers. Am I wrong? But you're definitely not. But you know, nothing going on. But the point the point is, I and I can't stress this enough. Vote. Vote. Please vote. Vote. The midterm elections are boring. I get it. It, There's no president running. And believe me, if there was one, I would be singing their praises. Not necessarily. Don't say that too soon. Um, (laughs) if you think that it's boring to vote, just think about this. There is no election that isn't important. And I get that from a show that I've been watching. It's a reboot of an oldie, but this is a really good show and it's on Netflix. It's called One Day at a Time. And again, we're not sponsored by anybody at this point. Like, just to make that clear, we we have no sponsors. We're still trying to get y'all to like us. <laughs> like us, please. You might get some of my artsies. Um, we were supposed to have a contest a bit ago, but we've been trying to focus on getting equipment for the podcast so that we can sound better for you guys. Yeah, how do we sound? How's that buttery smoothness? Tell me. Do I sound good? Baby, you sound good over here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we've been focusing on getting our stuff together. Um, we've been focusing on a lot. 
And uh, honestly, <laughs> jobs get in the way. It really does get in the way. And we're trying to be more consistent. Um, note I'm saying trying. But like I said, work gets in the way. We are also working on a few side projects. Yes, yes. Um, so I'm, I'm switching gears now. Uh, let, let's talk about the Supreme Court. Yes. Okay, so if you didn't notice this year, yikes with all these rulings. We're, we're talking about unions not only losing one of their big sources of revenue, but also putting them effectively on life support. While those who are anti what do you mean like Obamacare? <laughs> yes. Like like the, those who who are anti union going, Yes, companies now can deal with their employees one by one. That's not good. Not at all. <laughs> How many of us show of hands or maybe show of likes are anxious when they have to talk to upper management of any sort? How many oh. of us feel that, like, oh my gosh, if I say something, I'm fired. You no longer have that representation Re whenever, if you don't have a union. Whenever my manager walks in and says, hi, Brent, my heartbeat increases about 50 beats per minute. I, I get I get nervous, okay? And, and I didn't even do anything wrong. I'm just saying. See, I'm not even going to say anything about my bosses. <laughs> We're going to leave that out. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, who here wants to talk... To, and I'm not just talking about like a manager, but like upper management. Like who wants to go? Who wants to go one on one with upper management? I don't. Like I wouldn't want to unless it's something positive. But you can't guarantee that from the moment you walk into one of their offices and they're saying, "Oh, hey, we want to hear from you." Like we actually care. What company do you know takes their employees' suggestions? I don't know. And 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 the thing about it. You have to really look at it because here, here's the thing. Collective power means everybody has a voice, okay? You, you would have the leadership in the union who you would elect to speak for you. Now, without that power, if management decides that everybody is now working instead of eight-hour days, 12-hour days... Oh. There's no union representation for it. So there, there's no collective group. You're now one person facing off against management, the company, and their team, team of lawyers. You're one person facing off a facing off against a monster. And that's why unions, are important you have a group of people you have an organization that has your back dude you're making me scared to live in the u.s right now and have a job here <laughs> dude i'm it, i'm not kidding like i am terrified of that right now 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 the thing about it while i i've never worked for a union company my mother was a teacher my mother had the backing of of the uh, teachers union here in Buffalo, New York. And the teachers union when I was growing up was amazing. They they were great. 
they looked out for their people. There were a lot of benefits. But as time went on, as I got older, certain benefits started to uh, fall by the wayside. You know, that's true. But I did have a teacher that had his own personal um, issues going on. And he was like the teacher's union for the Lakeshore School District really worked for him to be able to keep his job and go through what he was going through. Um, and, and there was actually an article about this that I read. And like, I knew the guy, he was my English teacher at Lakeshore's uh, Central High School. So it, not only to see that he was going through so, so much, and I'm keeping your name out of this. I hope you can appreciate that. Not that you know me anymore. Um, although you never gave me my final project back. <laughs> oh, went, it's, it's that teacher. That teacher. Uh, the one okay. that I got like 105 on it for. And he never gave it back, even though he seriously <laughs> wanted it. And I, like, I went back after my senior year ended to get it back. I went back after school one day and he still didn't give it back to me. Okay, let's move on now. I want it back. Okay, great. So, <laughs> look, union unions are important. We we saw the this dismantling of unions. We we saw the uh approval of gerrymandering. Yes, which and if you don't know what gerrymandering is, look it up. People have talked about it. John Oliver on his on his weekly show did a what seven seventeen to twenty minute that episode mean that straight on gerrymandering. That. Not everybody understands what gerrymandering is. I I guarantee you, there's going to be at least one person you know who doesn't understand what it is and what it means to them specifically. So. What gerrymandering is, it's where a committee gets together and draws up boundaries, basically, for each party. And based on those who vote in those districts... It it determines if the, if, uh, the district is going to be competitive or not, if it's going to be fair for all parties or if it's going to lean and give a advantage to one party over the other. And we saw this in 2010 uh, during those midterm elections where because of gerrymandering, you saw new districts drawn up, which gave advantages to more to, to one party more than the other. And because of that, even though the party that lost in big numbers lost, they actually received more votes. You're seeing all this in in cities and districts all over this country where one party has more votes, but but they still lose. They they still don't win their elections gerrymandering is an issue and it doesn't matter what side does the gerrymandering it should not happen period Mm -hmm. we should have fair districts where all the parties running to be elected has a fair shot It, it it shouldn't it shouldn't just be oh one side is going to be holding on to power even though they don't get the majority of votes so that that's my issue with gerrymandering, which you ha- is what we saw happen with the 
uh, presidential election this uh, this last time, we saw that Hillary got the popular vote, but Trump got elected in. That's because of the Electoral College. Exactly. But that also had to do with gerrymandering. True. You you saw uh, the ruling that the baker had the right to tell the gay couple, no, I'm not going to bake your cake because of religious freedom. And while the Supreme Court said that this is not a broad stroke for every restaurant or every bakery. It is. It is. Let, let's be real here. Uh, as, if you rule in favor for one, you've just ruled in favor for all. As funny, as, as annoyed as I was with that particular ruling, I I admit I found it funny that Sarah Huckabee Sanders was told to leave a restaurant because she works for Trump. And while I find it funny, I do realize I'm being hypocritical because it honestly, it, it is in my view, wrong. I don't. But I it don't wasn't like for it. religious freedom that they kicked her out. It was because it was because of who uh, she works for. Now, here here's the thing. That ruling offers a mandate for anything to be kicked out for any reason, and that that and in there lies my issue. Because you're going to have those who argue and say, well, what if a KKK member walked into a black bakery? Because I've heard this argument. And, you know, the baker says that he's not going to do it. He would have to do it. No. No, he wouldn't under normal circumstances. That I believe that's not the case. No, because there, was there... A law, there was some sort of law passed, um, at least here in New York. Or maybe not a law, but some policy passed where you don't have to serve someone if you're uncomfortable. Like, you don't have to give them a reason either. But discretionary, you can say no to serving someone in the customer service industry. Well, here, here, here's my argument against it. Because while people want to, want to claim free speech and freedom of religion... We have free speech to a certain extent. I mean, there's we, still consequences for your speech. You can you can say whatever you want, but there's going to be consequences. You 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 can't walk into a full movie theater and scream fire. You are going to get arrested. You are going to get in trouble for doing that, for causing that much of a panic. Okay, so in my mind, when it comes to the KKK member walking into a uh, an African-American bakery and saying, hey, you're going to make me a cake. No, you are a KKK member. You rep- You are the epitome of hate speech. No, I am not going to bake you a cake. That That's just not happening. And not even just of hate speech. You are the epitome of hate speech against everyone. Minorities. <laughs> so wh- that that's my argument for for uh, this ruling coming down and, and just making me go, oh, this is bad. You know, I, I had a talk with, with a co-worker of mine and I, I let him know my, my thoughts when it, when, it came to, when it came to that ruling. He was like, I understand, I get it. 
No, we we may not agree uh, fully pol- uh, politically, but he's still he's still someone who who sees what's going on and actually understands it. So, with all these rulings in the in the Supreme Court and with what uh, E. P. Becky talked about earlier with Justice Kennedy retiring. Trump now has the power to not only add a new conservative judge on the bench who would just be replacing conservative judge uh, Kennedy. Mm -hmm. He can make it to where the replacement is not a swing vote. It's not a moderate. We're talking about someone so entrenched in their ideology that they can change whatever they want. And for, again, for those who say, well, you shouldn't worry about it because I I had this talk with my dad. He said that we shouldn't worry about it because of precedence and how, you know, different states already have high restrictions on uh, women's abortion as an example. But not all states have that. Not all states have it. And that's that's what I said. Not all states have it. And the thing about it, if if a justice comes in so entrenched in their ideology and Roe v. Wade comes up, here here's what's going to happen. Let me pull this up. Because this this is terrifying to me. And uh, this article is from the Daily Coast. Uh, So let's say in in this article, even though Roe effectively removed states' abilities to ban abortions in 1973, a number of states let their their statues forbidding the procedure remain on their books. According to Gut Matcher Institute, 10 states still have, even though they're currently unenforceable, abortion bans uh, codified in state law. And those states are Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Massachusetts, Michigan, Mississippi, New Mexico, Oklahoma, West Virginia, and Wisconsin. Now, there are three additional states that have laws on the books that will automatically go into effect and ban abortion if Roe gets overturned. And those states are Louisiana, North Dakota, and South Dakota. Now, if that's not bad enough, four more states have laws that express their intent to restrict the right to legal abortion to the maximum extent permitted by the U.S. Supreme Court in the absence of Roe. And those states are Kansas, Kentucky, Missouri, and Ohio. Ladies, if you weren't scared before, please be scared now. Seriously. Condoms. 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 So we're we're looking at 17 or 18 states where if Roe v. Wade is overturned, you're talking about a snap turnaround where ladies your right to an abortion your your body your choice 
that is no longer a thing. And when when I'm asked why I why I okay with a woman's right to choose, it's very simple as far as I'm concerned. When it comes to the pro-life argument, my question is is very simple. You're pro-life. Okay. When you march in front of these abortion clinics, are you having a conversation with these mothers and telling them, if you keep this baby to term, I will pay for all of your medical bills and I will adopt your child and take it as my own. Are you doing that? No? Chances are no. And it's because, again, it's a this is a very selfish society. Americans are very selfish. They only care about their beliefs. I, I mean, you, you have people who say that life belief begins in, at conception. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are we going to do to help out uh, single mothers that will be forced to carry their child to term. Well, what we're going to do, we're going to cut food stamps. We're going to cut Medicaid and Medicare. We're going to cut any system that might be able to help them so that they have the power and they're encouraged to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Problem with that is, and this is where that um, wonderful prison system comes in, where it's basically slavery without being called slavery. What about all those single moms whose, you know, significant other have been incarcerated for not serious crimes? Like, you know, possession of maybe marijuana. Now, in New York State, it's not as strict as other places. In the U.S., I'm sure. Like, there are places that are super strict on any form of drugs. Right? Yeah. So, what about those people that, you know, have their lives effectively changed for something very not serious? Whereas, more serious crimes, such as rape, there aren't that many people who see a jail cell for that. All that to say, these single mothers are being forced to be single mothers due to an unjust system where there's racial profiling going on. And and let, let's be honest, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, you're talking about seeing these single mothers go to jail for abortion. What will, what will that make them? Slaves. It Criminals. will make... It would make them criminals. It would make them felons. Now, when you're a felon, what are what right is lost to you in a lot of states here in the U.S.? Voting. You will never be able to vote again. So, as, as much as you have those who say life begins at conception, are you actually taking your time to reach out to these mothers to say that you're going to help her or you're going to take care of the child? No? Really? Okay. 
Are you going to make it so that these families will be able to take care of themselves, that they will be able to uh, be fed, that while not all of their needs will be taken care of, they will at least have a safety net so that they won't starve, so that the child won't starve as soon as they hit this country. Are you going to do that? No? Okay, so let me ask you this. When, when, it, when it comes to these 3,000 children that have been separated from their family, the, these are children that are already here. Are you going to do anything to help them? No? Where are the girls? <sighs> have they been found yet? No. When I, 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 I realize that I may sound a little hysterical, and I, I realize that's funny. I say a little hysterical. Everybody is on the menu at this point. Women are on the menu. You have minorities on the menu. You have the LGBTQ community on the menu. And, and another thing that I told that I told my coworker, when, when we were having a talk about all these rulings that came on the Supreme Court, I told him, I'm more worried about you because, because I realized that uh, while, he, while he's part of the LGBTQ community, that community was this generation's civil rights sure was march that this was the civil that was the civil rights act of this time i i realized that and even though they even though the lgbtq community has their rights and they can be together and they could be married and that's all great and i'm happy for it it could be taken away Very easily and the thing that i'm scared of also is civil rights being overturned that for you know the minority community because that affects you that affects many people in my family and it could also bring about segregation again and we don't need to be going backwards we don't need to be bringing those things back they didn't make america great before and they won't make america great now they've never made america america great that's the thing like i said they Se didn't make america great then and they wouldn't make it great now segregation has like we said, it's always been around. It's just been against different groups. That that that's the whole thing. It hasn't changed anything. The players may have changed, but the game remains the same. There there is literally nothing about it that's different. And like you said, we don't need that. No, we don't. So when when it comes down to this nominee when when does come out when this comes out we'll probably know who it is but at the time of the recording on a uh sunday july 8th we don't know it it could be it could be anyone but at the time that you guys are probably hearing it you'll know we'll know and best believe i'm going to have thoughts on it but there, there is so much on the table. There is so much to look at. There is so much to examine. And none of it is good. We should probably wrap up. There is a lot going on. There, There's a lot to be mindful of. There's a lot to 
uh, just pay attention to because everything is at risk of being lost. And if you are willfully ignoring it, then you are willfully ignorant. And furthermore than that, if you are complicit in watching these events happen and you aren't trying to do anything to change it, are we any better than the Germans of Nazi Germany? We pride ourselves as Americans to be. So it's up to us to show that we are. This election is step one. And and I, I, I say I'm, I'm going to end it with this. I'm, I'm ending this episode with this. Voting is just the beginning. All right. There we af- after this midterm election, we just can't sit down and go, oh, we did what we have to do. Now let's just ignore it. No, the fight then begins at that point to make sure that the reps that you elect in Congress actually do what they need to do. If you are looking at this and you're voting for people who are like minded and want to see a difference want to stand up to Trump and everyone that he has employed in this current administration, then you need to make sure that your rep is on their P's and Q's because if they just assume that they're going to get in, then we need to make sure that they know that we could vote them out just as quickly as the people who they replaced. And the thing about it, it's great to place blame where it belongs when it comes to the immigrant families being separated. And yes, the blame does belong on Trump's administration. Now that we've placed the blame, we know who to blame, we know who's at fault. What are we going to do collectively to change that? The least them reunited to change what we're not happy with. The least we could do is vote. All right, it's too late to run to to have a candidacy now. But if you feel that you should run for office, make a game plan and do that. Reach out to your local uh, your local party headquarters and see what you can do to volunteer. See what you can do to learn. Bone up on the history of the city that you're in, the state that you're in. Talk to your neighbors so that you know what so that you have an idea of what people are interested in so that you can reach out to them. Yes. For Buffalonians and those in Western New York, if you don't know where the Democrat headquarters is, Democratic Democratic headquarters, sorry. If you don't know where the Democratic headquarters is, um, it currently resides in the Larkin building on Seneca Street. All right. Look for information on it. Look for the exact address. I don't know the exact one, um, but I do know that it's in located in the Larkin building on Seneca Street. Make a change. Make a difference. Vote. All right. So we want to thank you guys for listening to us, putting up with our rambling on this episode. Like I said, there's a lot going on. We're going to have another one in a couple of weeks where we are introducing you guys to a nonprofit that I'm proud of. I'm, I'm excited for you guys to know about it. And if you know about it, you can uh, hear more from the founder of this organization. 
because she has a lot to say. And it, what? what? It, it, it's not just her. I'm also getting in, in contact with an activist group. And I'm going to bring them on the podcast as well so that we could talk to them and see what they're doing, at least on the local level, to try and increase awareness so that people in every community can vote. So if you want to reach out to us, find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, on, well, at The Jive Yak Podcast, okay? You can send a message to me. You can send a message to E.P. Becky. Um, I mean, someday I might make a website. I'm kidding, of course. I want to make a website. Yeah, she wants to make a website. I'm still learning how to code and stuff. <laughs> Underline one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I might just use Squarespace. Hey, Squarespace, you don't sponsor us yet. But... Good. All these companies that were name dropping and not one has sponsored us yet. Anyway, yak at us, okay? If you want, if you want us to uh, look at your business, your nonprofit, if you're an artist and you want to, and you think that we should shine a spotlight on you so that people are aware of what you're doing, yak at us. Send us a message. If you're a business, yak at us. Send us a message. Either way, if you have a comment on this show, yak at us and send us a message, all right? We will talk to you, mostly. Maybe it'll be me out. So anyway, on behalf of our EP Becky is Brent. Thanks for yakking. We'll see you next time.